Good morning, Flagstone family. Happy Easter. This is probably one of the most unique Easter Sundays you've ever experienced. I know it is for me. Uh, I'm glad that you joined us this morning from the comfort of your living room, your bedroom, wherever it is that you're watching this. Uh, I hope you, want, you are able to um, experience worship with us together as we sing together, as we take communion together, spend some time in the Word together, and celebrate that the tomb is empty, that, that Jesus Christ is risen. That's what we're going to do together. Thank you for joining us. Let's worship together. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For He is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For He is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For He is good. His love endures forever. His love will reign forevermore. His power will reign forevermore. His grace will reign forevermore. His peace will reign forevermore. His love. His power will reign forevermore. His love endures forever. Everybody give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For he is good. Come on and give thanks to the Lord. For you know he's good. For he is good. Give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For he is good. His love endures forever. His power will reign forevermore. His grace will reign forevermore. His peace will reign forevermore. His love will reign forevermore. His power will reign forevermore. His love endures forever. Everybody give thanks to the Lord. For he is good. For he is good. Come on and give thanks to the Lord. For you know he's good. Thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For He is good. His love endures forever. Do you know that His love endures forever? Yes, we know that His love endures forever. There is an end. Echoes in my soul. I hear the music ring. And though the storms may come, I am holding on. And to the rock I cling. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever say enough? How amazing is your love How can I keep from shouting your name I know I am loved by the King And it makes my heart want to sing I will lift my eyes in the darkest night For I know my Savior and I will walk with you, knowing you'll see me through, and sing the songs you give. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever sing enough? 
How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart. How can I keep from singing your praise? How can I ever sing enough? How amazing is your love? How can I keep from shouting your name? I know I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart. I am loved by the King, and it makes my heart want to sing. Hey, Flystone family, uh, we're going to transition into our time of communion really quick. Uh, as a kid, I grew up watching movies, uh, and if you're like me and watched a bunch of the same Disney and superhero movies, uh, there's always these scenes where a main character, what usually a beloved character, dies uh, for his friends or for the cause that he's fighting for, and then we know in the end that they're coming back. And there's this awesome, joyous moment, you know, the music can come in, woo, they're back. And it's awesome. Uh, I grew up watching those movies, and it's, those, it's from those moments that you're like, man, these are real characters. These are people that I can, like, you know, this is, this is awesome. This is great. Uh, and on a little bit more sobering note, we're talking about the crucifixion and the resurrection today. Uh, I remember when I was 10 years old, 10 years old, and I watched The Passion of the Christ for the first time. Uh, R-rated movie. Uh, and as a 10-year-old, I hadn't watched something that intense, Something that uh, gory, something that gruesome, uh, just that emotional, I guess. Uh, and it's a story that we all know. Uh, if you've grown up in the church or even not grown up in the church, it's, you know, Jesus dies uh, for our sins and then comes back and there's the grand resurrection. But it's those thoughts and it's those scenes from the movie, if you're like me, <laughs> as a 10-year-old, they scarred me. Uh, and I'm not saying in a bad way, but even now, every time that we have communion, those pictures, those scenes, they come, they come to my mind. And every single time that we have communion, those are the first thoughts, the first images that come into my head. But today, as we are celebrating this, the resurrection, our God is alive. The tomb is empty. I realize how, yes, it's very important to realize the depth of the love of Christ and everything that he went through, the blood and the pain that he suffered on the cross and the death that he actually died for. Yes, that needs to be on our minds during communion. And yes, we need to realize the depth of what that really is and what that sacrifice looks like. Every chance that we get to have communion, we get to celebrate and have the joy of knowing that that's not the end of knowing that the cross and the crucifixion was not the end of it all, but we get to celebrate the resurrection of Christ the Savior. In Isaiah chapter 53, a beautiful, a beautiful verse talking about Jesus himself, prophesying about Jesus, uh, says this in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. It says that he, talking about Jesus, was despised and he was rejected by men, a man of sorrows, a, a man well acquainted with grief, and then, it, so, and it says that he was despised, 
and we esteemed him not. He was, he was stricken. Think about the blood and these gruesome moments that we think about when we think about Jesus' passion on the cross. And it's those thoughts that I can think about in the middle of communion, about the price that was paid, the body that was broken, uh, the blood that was shed. But every communion, at the end of communion, man, we need to realize and have the joy of verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, and yet we esteemed him stricken, smit, smitten by God and afflicted. But God, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions and he was crushed for our iniquities. And that is something that we need to be joyful about. That's something we need to be jumping up and down and clapping in our beds and on our couches right now for the fact that Jesus has conquered death and in his place uh, we get to stand. And that is beautiful. And so as we're taking communion today, I want us to think about that. Yes, to take a moment to think about uh, the gruesomeness and the pain and the sorrow that Jesus had to endure on our behalf. But that wasn't the end. The end is life and the end is resurrection and an empty tomb. Pray with me, please. God, we're thankful for the resurrection. We're thankful that because of the resurrection, we get to have joy. We're thankful that we get to live again because of not only your sacrifice, but the fact that you lived again. And God, as we take this communion, help us to remember that your broken body and your blood spilled, that God, that's not the end. That in the end, you are victorious. In the end, you're sitting on the throne and it's the cross that became your throne. And it's because of that that we can have hope. Thank you, God, and help us to focus on that at least for a moment and to realize, man, this is not the end, not only for you and not for us. God, thank you for everything that you do for us. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Faithful love flowing down from the thorn-covered crown Makes me whole, saves my soul, washes whiter than snow Faithful love calms each fear, reaches down, dries each tear Holds my hand when I can't stand on my own Faithful love from Came to earth to show the Father's love, and I'll never be the same. For I've seen faithful love face to face, and Jesus is His name. Faithful love is a friend, just when hope seems to end. Welcome, faith. Tender touch filled with grace, faithful love, endless power, living flame, spirit's fire, burning bright in the night, guiding my way. Faithful love from above came to earth to show the Father's love. to earth.
and I'll never be the same. For I've seen faithful love face to face, and Jesus is his name. Good morning, Flagstone family. Uh, happy Easter once again. Uh, as I said, beginning of our worship together, man, this may be one of the most unique Easter experiences that, that you've ever had. I know it is uh, for me. I, I always think of Easter time as that time when you buy your new Easter outfits and you plan, um, I don't know, candy hunts and egg hunts, and, and our family uh, always has a big meal. Uh, there's usually some people we invite over for Easter lunch, and that's not going to happen this year. So there's a lot of different things uh, that that are happening, or I guess happening in a different way or not happening at all this year because, because of Easter. And one of the things that's different is we're not all in this big room together worshiping together, and I miss that. Uh, it's, it's just an unusual Easter Sunday for our church family. But um, just because we're not celebrating together the way that we normally do, just because we're not celebrating maybe with our own families in a way that we, that we normally would, uh, that, doesn't, that doesn't have to change or it shouldn't change the fact that we're celebrating together the empty tomb, the fact that Jesus rose from the grave, that fact hasn't changed. Maybe the way we're celebrating it today uh, is a little different, but the, but the fact remains that Jesus rose from the grave. And that's what, we're, that's what our songs have been about today. That's what our, our community has been focused on. That's what we're focused on in our time uh, in the Word together today. And I recognize that we have a lot of different people from a lot of different church backgrounds that may be watching this video um, this morning or maybe even later on after we've uh, first showed this video. There may even be some people who have no faith and no real church background at all or, or maybe used to go to church and don't anymore and somehow uh, came across this, this video that are, that are watching right now. And I, I want you to know, no matter what your church background has been, no matter what your family was like, no matter what your own faith experience has been like, no matter where you are in your faith journey right now, if you have faith at all, you need to know some things about Flagstone. You need to know some things about what we choose to believe about the, the Jesus we proclaim uh, as our Lord and Savior. We, we believe that there was a time in this world when there was no sin, no evil, no dishonesty, no anger, no hate, no racism. Uh, there wasn't uh, manipulation. There wasn't lust. There wasn't greed there were no acts of terror. There was no war. There was no COVID or pandemic. None of those things existed. There was, this world was designed to be a place of peace and love and joy and innocence. That's what God always wanted uh, for his creation from the very beginning. But we also believe that sin entered the world, that Adam and Eve centuries ago sinned for the first time. And when sin entered the world, consequences came with that. And we've been repeating that ever since. Mankind has continued to sin against God and do ungodly things and make ungodly choices ever since. We believe that because of sin, there has to be punishment. There has to be consequences to sin. And the ultimate uh, punishment is separation from God. It's separation from life. There has to be death because of sin. We believe that God didn't want to stay separated from us, that he didn't want the, the final sentence, the final chapter of our lives to be death, and that's it. He didn't want eternal separation from us. We believe that God, because he wanted so desperately to reconnect with us and to give us life, we believe that he sent his son Jesus into this world. We believe that the man known as Jesus of Nazareth was more than just a carpenter's son. 
He was more than just a really famous prophet. He was more than just a really neat miracle worker. We believe that Jesus of Nazareth really and truly was the Son of God, that he came to this earth to to die for us and to set us free, to set us free from fear and free from sin and free from guilt and free from despair and free from death. And that freedom came at the cross. We believe that Jesus died a horrific death on the cross. We believe that maybe even the greater burden for Jesus besides the physical torture that he endured on the cross was was the, the burden of carrying our sin to the cross with him, of being burdened with our sin and, being, and, and having to be separated from God. We believe that Jesus really did die. He didn't just pass out. It wasn't just a fairy tale story, that he really did die, that he really was buried and placed in a tomb, that there was a huge stone that was rolled in front of the tomb and that there were guards placed in front of it. And we believe that his enemies gloated. We believe that Satan celebrated. We believe that Jesus' followers crumbled in fear because of what had happened to him on the cross. And we believe that's not the end of the story either. We believe that on the third day, Jesus was alive again, that life came back into his body, that the stone was rolled away, that Jesus came walking out of the tomb. And when his disciples came looking for him, they couldn't find him. As a matter of fact, that's what scripture says to us. In Mark chapter 16, it says that his disciples came to where he was buried to try to find him. And there's an angel there who said to them in verse six, you're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. If you got Bibles, I would underline this phrase. If you got your Bible out, look at it. He's not here. You can't find him in the tomb because he's alive again. We believe that with all of our hearts. We choose to believe that the story of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true, that it's real, that he is alive, that not long after he came back to life, he went back to heaven to be with his father. We believe that he's living now, that he's active in this world, that he's active in our lives. We trust in that. We put our faith in that. But we also believe that in spite of all that I've just shared, there's still sin in this world. This is still a fallen broken world that we're living in. There's still pain. There's still abuse. There's still failure. There's still sickness. There's still fear. So we know that some some of you who are watching this video right now have experienced some of those things in incredibly personal ways. Some of you are wrapped up in some of those things right now. But you need to understand one more thing that we believe about Jesus. We believe he's coming back. We don't just believe that he walked out of the tomb and lived again. We don't just believe that he went to see the Father and be with the Father. We believe in his promise that he's coming back. We believe when he says in John chapter 14, beginning in verse 2, I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. One of these days, we're going to get to see him again. And and it may be after we die, and it may be while we're still alive, but Jesus is going to come back. We're convinced of it. And we're not scared of that day. We're not worried about that day. We're waiting for that day. We're hoping for it. We, We expect it. We look forward to it. We can't wait to leave this fallen, broken world and go be with him. 
But until that day comes, we're going to live the best we can expecting it to happen. Things may not always be going well here, but we know there's something better waiting for us there. So we want to take a minute just to focus on and celebrate together the hope that we have because of the cross, and even more so the hope that we have because the tomb is empty. So our praise team is going to lead us in a song about hope. And if you know the song, I invite you in your living rooms, in your bedrooms, wherever, on your back porch, wherever it is you're watching this right now, sing along with us about the hope, celebrate with us, worship with us about the living hope we have because the tomb is empty. And if you don't know the words of this song, you don't know the tune, man, listen to it, focus on it. Let's celebrate together the amazing hope we have because Jesus Christ is alive. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken, I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me Jesus yours is the victory
talking uh, for the last several weeks, going through this theme, of this changes everything. We've been talking about um, some of the events of Jesus' life leading up to the resurrection. And if you've missed any of those lessons, I invite you to go back uh, to go to Flagstone's um, YouTube channel, find those sermons, find those lessons, and, and watch those and, and see some of the things that we've been talking about, the events in Jesus' life that changed everything uh, in those moments leading up to um, the resurrection. We talked about how Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem as a king, and it completely changed how people viewed him. And it should completely change how we view him today and how we um, allow him to be the ruler of our lives, the king of our lives. We talked about uh, how Jesus redefined the meaning of, of the bread and the cup and the Passover meal. And, and how that changed everything for his disciples in that day, and how that should change how we view communion and the Lord's Supper nowadays. Last week, we talked about Jesus' crucifixion and how that moment, that event, changed everything for us, for all men and women. It, it moved us from sinful to sin-free. It moved us from separation from God to connection with God. It, it moved us from enslavement to freedom and being enslaved to our sin and to our guilt to complete freedom from those things. And we, and we, we focused on how that, that moment, how the cross changed everything for us. In all these different things we've been talking about, we've been pointing towards the resurrection. We've been pointing towards the empty tomb and saying, here's all these different events that changed everything leading up to this one event that completely changed everything. And that's what we're, we're going to focus on for a few more minutes today. To, to, to remind ourselves, or maybe even realize for the first time, how the empty tomb changed everything. It changed everything. for It changed everything for all of us who believe. It changed everything for all of us who are struggling. It changed everything for those who, who don't even know Jesus. The empty tomb changed everything. And I want us to understand that, that the, the empty tomb, Jesus rising from the grave, that was the defining moment of God's victory over Satan. I mean, the, the cross is where Jesus paid for our sins. The cross is where Jesus went and was crucified because of our sins. And God had always required some kind of payment, some kind of consequence for sin. For centuries before Jesus was on this earth, God said, when you sin, when you do things that I don't want you to do, there has to be sacrifice. And, and his people would take different kinds of animals and they would go through these different kinds of rituals and they would sacrifice these animals and blood would be shed and a price would be paid to to. Uh, to alleviate, to get rid of, or at least push away 
the guilt of, of the sin of God's people. And then Jesus came. And he became the ultimate sacrifice. And no longer did there have to be goats and cows and sheep that were sacrificed for sin. It was Jesus Christ. It was one time. It was this perfect sacrifice. The sinless son of God went to the cross to pay for our sins. And I don't want to diminish that at all. That's That's where God paid for us. That's where God redeemed us. That's where God said, Satan, I want my people back. And he paid that price with the blood of his son, Jesus. But, but to remind us, the ultimate consequence of our sin is death. The ultimate price to be paid is, is death. It's eternal separation from God. It's the end of life. It's the loss of hope of any opportunity to reconnect with God. And Jesus conquered that power, he, he, that, that, that power that Satan had. He obliterated that control. He, he shattered that fear when he walked out of the tomb. In that moment... When the stone rolled away and Jesus walked out of the grave, that moment changed everything. It's the foundation of our faith, and and it has been from the very beginning. It's what launched the church on its mission 2,000 years ago. I mean, we talked about how the Bible is divided into two sections. You got the Old Testament and the New Testament. And when you have the New Testament, that starts with the life of Jesus on this earth and and moves forward into uh, after he's left this earth and the church begins and the the very very first years of the church and how the church and Christians kind of came to be and came to be a group and and came to, to start reaching other people for the cause of Christ. So the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those all talk about the life of Jesus while he was here on this earth. And then the very next book that's listed in most of your Bibles and your Bible apps is the book of Acts. And Acts just gives us a picture of how Jesus believers continued to follow his teaching and continue to draw more people into faith in him after he had left this earth. It's the foundation. It's how the church gets its start. And you see from the very beginning as, as the church is starting, as these, as these believers are, are getting together and, and figuring out how to be a body and how to be a community together, there's all sorts of problems from the outside. There's still people who don't like Jesus and don't appreciate his teaching and consider him an enemy. And because they consider him an enemy, they consider his followers an enemy. And so Peter and John, two of Jesus' uh, original disciples, are walking through the temple area uh, one day, walking through this place of worship of God, but not of Jesus. And there's Jewish people who, who know of, of God and have heard of Jesus, maybe even uh, have witnessed the crucifixion, have heard the stories about this Jesus of Nazareth rising again. And Peter and John are walking through this area. They're walking through these temple courts and they see a guy who is lame and he's been lame from birth. He hasn't been able to walk from birth. And now he's over 40 years old. I mean, I can't even fathom that, not being able to walk for 40 years. And Peter comes up to him and Peter heals him. And Peter just, just speaks to him and says, I want you to get up. And there's life in his legs again. He, he has power in his legs. Uh, and I say he has power again. He's never had power before. For the first time in over 40 years, this guy gets up and walks. And people who know this man, they, they know his story. And they see him walking around. They're amazed by it. And they come and ask how this happened. He points to Peter and says, that guy raised me. Gave me the power to walk. And so many people start gathering around and asking Peter, how did this happen? And Peter starts talking about the power of God, the power of Jesus Christ. And he starts talking about Jesus. And he reminds me, you know, it wasn't too long ago. It was just a few weeks ago. You crucified him. But he, even though he died, he rose again. 
And the power that brought him out of the grave is the power that is in this man helping him to walk. Let me tell you more about him. And he and John continue to talk about Jesus and talk about and, and, and challenging people to give their lives to Jesus Christ. Well, you got people who still don't like Jesus. These religious leaders, these Jewish religious leaders that, that see this crowd and start to hear the message and they come and they grab a hold of, of uh, Peter and John and take them away and imprison them. And they bring them before kind of their council of, of religious leaders. Uh, I guess it, it could be kind of an inquisition almost. They're challenging them to know what's your message and, and what gives you the right to say the things you're saying. And even to get to the point where they tell Peter and John, we don't want you talking about Jesus anymore. And Peter says, man, we can't help talking about Jesus. The things that we've seen, the things we've experienced, we can't help but share that message. And they threaten him again. Do not talk about Jesus Christ anymore. If you know what's good for you, you're going to stop. And they let him go. Peter and John get back together with the rest of the believers, the rest of the church. There's, there's a few thousand of them at this time. And I don't know if they're meeting with all, <laughs> with all several thousand, but they're together with a group of, of believers and it's fearful. It's scary. Their lives are being threatened. Their safety, their security is being threatened because of their faith, because of what they believe to be true about Jesus Christ. So they pray. And if you go to Acts chapter 4, I'm going to read through the whole prayer. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. But if you go towards the end of Acts chapter 4, you see this prayer that they pray. And they basically say, Lord, it looks like that there's kings and there's governors who are in control. It looks like that these, these enemies of the cross and these Jewish leaders, these religious leaders, it looks like they have power and that they're in control, but we're not fooled. We know, Lord, who's really in control. We know that you have the ultimate authority, that you have the ultimate power. So because you have that kind of power, God, give us boldness to tell people what we really believe. And not only that, Give us the ability to do good stuff with that boldness and with that power. And you know what? God answered the prayer. I mean, in a way, God physically answered the prayer because as soon as they got done praying, the room started shaking, which is an amazing thing. It would have been an amazing thing to be a part of. But, but if you continue reading the verses after that, I want you to see what happened. After they prayed this prayer, God, please give us boldness and please give us opportunity to do good things in your name, even though we're scared to do it, even though we don't know exactly what the results are going to be, even though we don't know exactly how people are going to react and what might happen to us, give us that power and give us that boldness. And here's the answer to the prayer. Look at verse 33 of Acts chapter 4. It says, with great power, the apostles continue to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace is so powerfully at work in them, in them all that there were no needy persons among them. Can you fathom that? I mean, think how many people in our culture, just in, in your hometown, have needs. And the church, at least the, this group of believers, a few thousand believers, are so connected and so moved with wanting to do good stuff for each other and for the people around them that no needy person can be found anywhere around them. Because as soon as the need is found out about, it's met. Because of what they believe about Jesus. And here's the key thing. I, I've read this verse before. I, I've read it a lot of times. But I have underlined this word in, in my Bible, and I encourage you to do the same. I'm going to go back and look again. With great power, the apostles continue to testify to what? 
the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. This is what, this is what it looked like when the church began. This is, what, this is what defined the church. When these believers first started getting together and trying to figure out what this group was going to look like, the focal point of the message was not the birth of Jesus. It was not the miracles of Jesus. It was not the crucifixion of Jesus. And all those things are important. It's important to understand how Jesus came into this world. It's important to know all the different things that he did and the things that he taught and the people that he connected with. We need to know those stories. The early church needed to share those stories. It's not, as we've already said, it's not that the crucifixion isn't important. That's how the price for our sins was paid. That's very important. But the focus, the foundation, the key point of the message was not the cross or the miracles or the birth. It was the empty tomb. It was the resurrection. That's what the disciples talked about. That's what their message was. That's what motivated their actions. The church, the believers, they help people. They serve people. They bless people. They met people's needs. Why? Because the tomb was empty. Because now we have hope. Because now we have life. I want to do something good for you. I'm going to bless you because I've been blessed by the resurrection. I have nothing to fear anymore. I have purpose in my life. I have hope in this life and when this life is over. So let me do something good for you because amazing things have been done for me. It's the resurrection that changed everything for the church. It's the resurrection that should continue to change everything for us. I love comeback stories. I know in Brandon's communion thoughts earlier in this, in this online worship, he talked about, you know, comeback stories. And I love comeback stories. I, lo I love all the, the Rocky movies. When he's just getting beat to a pulp or maybe even lost a fight, and now he's going to go fight the guy again. There's no way. I mean, his own trainer. There's no way you can win, Rock. I mean, you just know, well, Rocky's down again. There's no way you can win this fight. And somehow, some way, he battles through and he wins. I mean, I love comeback stories. I watched a documentary not too long ago about Colonel Sanders. Dude's, you know, beyond just midlife crisis, he's... he's Getting on up in years, he's failed at business. He's, he's even bankrupt, considering suicide. And then he comes up with his recipe of 11 herbs and, and, and spices <laughs> and starts the KFC franchise. That's an awesome comeback story. I remember I was a college student. I was home for Christmas break and watched on TV the 1993 AFC uh, playoff game between the Buffalo Bills and the Houston Oilers when the Buffalo Bills are down 35 to 3 and in, and their starting quarterback is out of the game and an unknown quarterback known known by uh, uh, Frank Reich comes on the field and leads them back to win to go to the Super Bowl. I remember watching that game. It was an amazing comeback. I love comeback stories. I, I bet you do as well. Here's the thing. It's easy to look at the resurrection of Jesus as a comeback story. Death had won. Satan had won. And then suddenly Jesus rebounds. He comes back. He, he, he's almost defeated. It looks like he's down for the count. But no, he comes back out of the tomb and, and he wins. I want us this morning 
to look at the resurrection as more than just a comeback story. Jesus was dead. He was lifeless. Satan had one. The demons were celebrating. All hope was lost. Darkness was conquering. Death was winning until Almighty God said, enough! And he rolled the stone away from the tomb and he called into the darkness, live! And Jesus Christ came walking out of the tomb alive. Jesus Christ became the conqueror of sin, of despair, of darkness, of death. That changed everything. It's more than just a comeback. It is a life changer. It is a destiny changer for all of us. And here's the key. That same power that God used to bring Jesus out of the tomb, to bring him back to life, he promises to put that same power in you when you give your life to him. In the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul is going through talking to this church and he, and he, and he says, you know, I, I hope somehow, I mean, it's almost like Paul can't even figure out the words to say, I hope somehow you can figure out how to experience the love that God has for you and the power that he has for you and, and, and have this, this knowledge, this enlightenment of what it means to have Jesus Christ in your life. I hope you get to experience that. I hope you, you figure it out. And, he, and as he's talking about that, he says, here's what I hope you, you, at some point you get to know. In verse 19, he says, I want you to know his incomparably great power for us who believe. Just that statement right there. There is nothing that compares to the power of God, is what Paul says. And I hope you, you somehow can comprehend that. And he goes on to say, that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Do you see what Paul says here? Don't miss it. The power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead is the same power that he gives to all of us who choose to give our lives to him. I have resurrection power in me because I've given my life to Jesus Christ. That power can empower me to change my marriage, to change my parenting, to change my friendships, to change my dating relationships, to change my habits, to change my attitude, to change my choices and my financial decisions, to change my work connections, to change this community that I'm living in. That power can empower me to impact all of those things. And if I, if I believe that to be true, I mean, that's what Paul promises here. And if I believe that to be true, why wouldn't I use that power to change my actions? Why wouldn't I use that power to do something to bless somebody else? God promises to fill me with resurrection power. And the question is, the question I want to leave you with this morning, what am I going to do with it? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for bringing Jesus back to life. We thank you for the empty tomb. Forgive us when, when we don't focus on it. Forgive us when we doubt it. Forgive us when we just treat it as, as just a really neat story. God, remind us today 
maybe even open our eyes today to see for the first time how amazing, how life-changing that event was. Give us, God, the faith to believe that that story is true. Give us the willingness to follow you in the direction that you're leading us. Fill us with that same power that you used to breathe life back into Jesus' lifeless body. God, just like the church 2,000 years ago, give us boldness to say the things that we need to say, to share the things we need to share. Give us, God, open eyes to see who you are putting right in front of us that we need to bless. God, give us a willingness to use this power in your name for your glory to bless other people. We thank you, God, for loving us that much to not only forgive us, but to give us life, to give us eternal life, and to give us power while we're here. We pray all these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore, still we are the voice in the desert, Crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun at the trumpet call. So lift your voice, it's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill, salvation comes. And these are the days of Ezekiel. The dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant, David, rebuilding a temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as wide in the world. And we are the laborers in your vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. Behold, he comes, riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, so lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. So lift your voice. It's a year of jubilee, and out of Zion's hill salvation comes. Blackstone family, thank you for joining us for worship today. I'm glad we got to celebrate uh, the empty tomb together. I'm glad we got to sing together and worship together, uh, spend time on the word together. Whatever other Easter plans you have today, if it's candy hunts, egg hunts, 
big lunch, whatever it is you're doing, God bless you today. I hope you get to enjoy time with the people that you care about the most. Just real quick, kind of follow up. If you have any questions about faith, about church, about Jesus, about God, uh, please find a way to contact us. Comment uh, on our Facebook page or direct messages. Uh, go to our website. Uh, shoot us an email. Say, I've got some questions. I want to know more about this, this Jesus that you've been talking about in the last few weeks. We'll do whatever we can to help. So please connect with us and let us know how we can help uh, either with maybe even some physical needs, some things going on with your family, or just some spiritual questions you have. We want to do whatever we can to help. Uh, this week in Flagstone, we're continuing with our new normal. So on Tuesday, we're going to have uh, our ladies' Bible class or ladies' Bible study. I'll be on Facebook Live, maybe Zoom. We're figuring that out now. Wednesday night, uh, we've got our Wednesday night unscripted uh, with Marshall Brown and Brandon Dodd. Yes. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be cool, and that'll be uploaded uh, just in time. Make sure we can watch that. We've got teen things happening. Uh, uh, Christy's got some stuff ready for the kiddos for every Sunday. Uh, and we're just excited about this new normal. Although it's different, we're excited to be able to be connected and to be a part of each other's lives, even whenever we're uh, social distancing ourselves from each other. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us in worship today. We pray that you guys have a good week. Uh, and for real, let us know if you guys need anything at all. We're in constant prayer for y'all. Uh, and we love you guys very much. Yep. Thank you guys we for We love you, Flagstone family. Hey, keep watching. We got Easter greetings from our Flagstone family. It's going to be awesome. Ready. We love you. We'll see you some more this week. <laughs> Say happy Easter from the Manchesters. Yes, say that. Happy Easter from the Manchesters. Good morning, Flagstone. Happy Easter from the Dugans. Happy Easter, Flagstone family. Happy, happy Easter, Flagstone family. Meredith and I are surviving the quarantine, and we hope you are too. Happy Easter from the Evans family, Flagstone family. We sure miss you. Happy Easter. I love you guys. Oh, yeah. Happy Easter. We love and miss you all. Hi, Flagstone family. We love you. We miss you. Happy, Happy Easter. Easter. Hey, Flagstone. Happy Easter from Jeff and Shelly Beatty. Happy Easter from the Robertsons. <laughs> Shelly told me to quit being a nerd, so that's all I'm going to say. Be happy. Happy Easter. Happy Easter from Brandon and Morgan Dodd. We miss you, Flagstone family. Stay safe and stay healthy. Happy Easter. Love the Brightwells. Happy Easter from the Horton family. We love you and we miss you. Happy Easter from the Suarez family. Happy Easter from the Glens. We miss you. We miss everybody and look forward to when we can get back together again. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Flagstone family. Happy Easter. We miss you. I love you. Happy Easter from Scotty and Summer.